0: Hello and welcome to Megan's Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Collins. I'm a trend forecaster, youth researcher, and internet philosopher. This is my podcast where I talk about what's cool right now and why, with the side of anti-capitalism and existentialism. Do you guys ever think about dying? This week, we're talking about New York City, Halloween, and the Sisyphean task of working in corporate America. I think it's tough to be alive now. I think... Societal collapse is in the air. The last time you guys heard from me was probably early October. Um, I hadn't gone to New York yet, so since then I went to New York. New York. I go every other year, which I think is biennial, not biannual, biennial. Did you know that? Really? Yeah. And now you know, because it's my super short show! I used to go for work all the time and I don't go for work anymore, but it's important for me to go for a few reasons, I would say. I think it's good. I'm a Sag North node, so it's good for me to travel. I always have like really great insights and epiphanies um, and just in general, it's, you know, good for me to go live life and leave my house because so much of my life is on the internet. I think that it's important that I make a concerted effort to immerse myself into the actual world and realistically i'm not going to be a girly pop who's not doing phones on sundays but when i'm in new york and walking around the city and going to dinners and talking to people i'm not on my phone so i'm going to continue to do that my biennial trip to nyc i might have to change it due to global warming so i can actually experience fall It wasn't really fall there. The leaves had just started to change. There was like a touch of orange. It was pretty cold and nippy, but not too cold. So it was just kind of unpleasant cold, but not cold enough that I could wear my cutest sweaters, you know? But it's like Jay-Z says, concrete bunghole where dreams are made up. There's nothing you can do. So I went with my friend, Mary, we arrived on Thursday. We left here super early Thursday morning, and we stayed at the Walker Hotel in Tribeca. I love that hotel. This is my second time. And staying. to be honest, it's not, if you're going to travel and like to a city, my recommendation is like, don't book a too nice of a hotel room because then you won't leave it. Like. Brian, you know, they say it's a city that never sleeps. Oh, I think it will. Now that you've hit town, Gomer. Take- Warner Brothers pictures presents. Twins. Hi. Ah! We haven't spent the day together in years. Ah! Mary Kate Olsen, Ashley Olsen. Eugene Levy. Oh! Woo! Going down! <laughs> One way to get out of my life. <laughs> out of it. New York Minute. So we got there Thursday. We went to dinner Thursday night. And then... Friday, I met up with my friend Jamie. We had coffee and great conversation. After that, Mary and I went to go get our auras photographed. I posted this on my Instagram at Megan's Podcast. So if you follow me there, you've seen it already. And then we went to the Strand, always got to go to the Strand. And I bought several books. One book I bought, I actually finished reading on the plane home. It was called Ripe. I really liked it. I wouldn't say I enjoyed reading the book, but I really liked it. It's really sad and uncomfortable and tense, but it's a great book. It's about this woman who lives in Silicon Valley, the Bay Area, San Francisco, and she works at a tech startup. And it's just about kind of like the soul crushingness of capitalism. But the thing that was interesting about this book is that there's a plot device wherein the narrator has a black hole that is kind of a character in the story and she talks about her black hole as if it were a real thing that she can see but no one else can and it kind of grows and shrinks and it's in my opinion and it's I mean it's pretty heavy handed but I think it's a metaphor for depression but it's done in such a beautiful way and as someone who does know what depression feels like I feel like it's not how I would describe my depression I am definitely more in the Taylor Swift camp of like there's a rain cloud over just me and only me, and it follows me wherever I go. <laughs> but sometimes there's rainbows. Like a rainbow with all of the as someone who works in tech, I can't say I relate as closely to that experience that she was putting forth. My workplace that I've experienced so far is not like hers is. However, like, it was it, the ideas of like, you're selling your soul for money. <laughs> We went to dinner again on Friday. We went to dinner every day. Uh, spoiler alert. Um, but we went to, I don't, the days are waiting together. But on Friday, I think we went to the bus stop, which is mentioned in a Taylor Swift song. I, I thought, thought I saw you at the bus stop, stop but I didn't, didn't though. Also, I was listening to Bleachers yesterday. They have a song where he says something about the bus stop. I'll have to find it. These nights are never the same. <laughs> at the bus stop alone but it never came i'm waiting on the side of the road tonight i thought i saw you at the bus stop i didn't though but it never came i didn't though but he's actually talking about a literal bus stop whereas taylor people think is talking about the bus stop the restaurant so could be a coincidence could be an Easter egg. Who knows? That's kind of where I'm at with Taylor. There's people right now who believe that she's going to drop reputation tonight or tomorrow. And then Saturday, I went to this thing called That Dinner Thing run by one of my coworkers, Sierra. And it's just like a really cool dinner party community. So her and three of her friends host Monthly supper club dinner party type thing. I don't know. I actually, know what a supper club is. I take that back. Dinner parties, essentially. So you buy a ticket and you bring a friend, and you sit and you talk and you meet new people. They had people give toasts. They cook a menu and they serve you a five course menu. It it was great and i highly recommend. It was like one of my favorite things I did while I was in the city. And I went to Brooklyn. I haven't been to Brooklyn in a in a minute. New York Minute. What else did I do? I got headshots taken. I So I met up with my friend from middle school, actually. My friend, Shaquila. she does headshots and photography, so um, she took me and Mary's headshots. I haven't gotten them back yet, but from what I saw, they looked great. I low-key did not look at my best, but she did a good job. She did a good job. And then we got brunch and talked and caught up, so that was great. And then mary and i took it pretty easy and then i got dinner with my friend tati who also lives in new york and i was like who am i talking to four people in one weekend and leaving my house my name is rod and i like to party so that happened and then it was basically halloween i hosted a little halloween get together i don't want to say it was a full-blown party but we played beer pong um a lot of my fave people came and it was it was cool to see them meet each other, you know? I I always, that that's what people do at parties, but I always forget that that's kind of what happens, and like, these people who I always talk about are meaning the people I always talk about, you know? So that was fun, and yeah, that's Halloween. I'm getting kind of bored talking about myself, so should we just dump into, so let's talk about what's up this week. The other day, I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts, Into It with Sam Sanders, and... It's the last episode of this show and I'm like WTF and I'm sure that he talks about this but between New York and falling asleep on my own podcast listening I didn't know that this was happening it was just like a huge shock you know it just felt like boom your favorite shows canceled remember that used to happen all the time that hasn't happened to me in forever like usually you know now that it's not coming back I was just like oh damn And I recommend Sam's podcast on here so much. So definitely go listen to Vibe Check because low-key Vibe Check was better anyways. Um, But I am excited to see what Sam does next. I hope he still does a podcast because Vibe Check is obviously great and amazing, but it feels like more of like the personal side of Sam. And I like how free it is. But I also think like, the more corporate world of journalism and news needs people like Sam. So I'm hoping that if he wants to, obviously he still has a more like, I don't know, commercial facing podcast that's less personal to him and, you know, less his personal opinions. But I mean, I'm excited to do whatever he does. It'll be cool. But for me personally, selfishly, I liked listening to him on my podcast feed and I'm like, now there's going to be a hole in my listening schedule and it's not great. Another unfortunate piece of news is Rosanna and Mr. I think it's Rosanna at least. And Mr. Beast are feuding. So if you don't know who those people are, no worries. They're famous on YouTube. That's the only reason I know who they are. Mr. Beast is like the biggest YouTuber and you probably have seen him if you've been on YouTube. You just don't know who he is, but He does all of the big stunts that go super viral on the platform right now. I think most recently he went super viral for curing a bunch of people's blindness. He hosted like a huge squid game. But right now he's in the news because one of his videos that he did was hide and seek in SoFi Stadium with a bunch of famous creators. And this creator, Rosanna, who had been a participant in this, was on a different shows podcast called e3 i believe which is ethan who used to be with trisha on the frenemies podcast but he's kind of like the ryan seacrest of the youtube ecosystem i would say where people go on his show to like talk you know and he's like the guy you go and talk about your internet experience with and she spilled tea that she actually placed third In the hide and seek competition. However. Mr. Beast and his team edited it. To make it look like she got out way earlier. And the top three was all. Like the YouTube boys. Like Logan Paul. And she was like. I was super annoyed by this. Because like I was good. And like I cared. And I'm competitive. And I wanted to win. And I was proud of getting third. And low key. I see both sides. But I think. It doesn't matter, I oftentimes I think when there's something like this happens, people are like, he shouldn't have done that. And they think it's just about like the outcome. But I think that, and this is 100% me speculating, I think that part of why this is so annoying is because it's reflective of a larger pattern of Mr. Beast prioritizing what's going to get views above all else, even if that's the ex- even if that is at the expense of his fellow creators. And also, this is a thing where it's like, he's kind of doing them a favor by putting them in his video because it's like free advertising. I mean, they're also bringing their audience, but he's his ob- audience is just so massive that it's like you don't want to be on bad terms with the biggest YouTuber on the platform. But also, he doesn't give a shit about, it seems like, portraying what actually happened, he just wants to make sure it's watchable content. And so it's like, is that why he's number one? Is that why he has this huge audience that he has? So it's this thing where it's like, I completely see why he would have made this decision to put the top three as he did, because also... If he wants people to watch through to the end, I imagine that people are watching for their favorite YouTuber and will drop off when their favorite YouTuber is eliminated. And he probably did a cost-benefit analysis. And it honestly was probably just the ones with the most followers who made it through to the end. But that's not cool. That's not fun. That's not authentic. And that's, But that's what gets you to be to Mr. Beast levels. And that's why I say that all billionaires are narcissists because – You simply cannot become that rich, that wealthy, amass and accumulate that much wealth without doing it at the expense of other people. And that's also kind of how I feel about like the most viral people. Like think about the history of viral people and they're just like not that great and their ethics are like a little further away from like what you would want in order to be like, The gold standard you know and it's like he's not out here like murdering people but he's just like he's he's skirting the line of what's appropriate because that's honestly what he's being rewarded to do by culture by the platform by money by wealth by success by fame by clout and we can talk about what's right and what's wrong and who's to blame? But at the end of the day, until we fix our culture that lets men and encourages white men to continue to do shit like this, nothing's going to change. It's just going to continue to happen in different forms. That'll be harder to articulate why it's wrong. I was going to talk about Halloween, but I feel like knowing me, this episode isn't going to get out into the world until like December. And then you guys are be like, Halloween? bitch because like i had my halloween get together on sunday the 29th and tell me why i went to target to get a few last minute things for the goodie bags and target was like bitch halloween is over it's christmas we're not doing thanksgiving this year we're skipping straight to christmas they were literally setting up christmas like it was santa's workshop in there literally they gaslit me i like got home and i was like should i just put up a christmas tree right now like I'm starting to look at ornaments like I I feel behind. Like I thought I was going to get a jump start this year and I feel like I'm already behind the Christmas game. But I'm just going to tell you my Halloween highlights because I think they're actually random and niche enough that you haven't heard them by now. I really liked people who dressed up as Justin and Haley. I know that was like the go-to easy costume, but I think that's why I liked it. And also it was just funny. And I like the idea of, Justin having to see everyone dressed up as him acting stupid. If I was going to dress up as a meme this year and like I had like the time to nail it, I would have done plain Karen. Um that motherfucker. I'm I telling you it's right it's now. That motherfucker is that not that's real. Like that would have been amazing. Rachel Lindsay who is kind of I think she's a sports commentator now, podcast host. She used to be a lawyer. She was the bachelorette the first black bachelorette and she married the guy who she chose brian from her season she showed up to halloween dressed as rihanna in the super bowl pregnant and that was how she announced her pregnancy amazing that is exactly like that was just like chef's kiss of like i'm obviously not rihanna right but i'm going to She did the exact, she achieved Rihanna levels of cool at her fame level. Talented, brilliant, incredible, amazing, show-stopping, spectacular, never the same, totally unique, completely not ever been done before, unafraid to reference or not reference, put it in a blender. She said, boom, I'm pregnant, bitch. I loved it. Amazing. And I don't think she said, I don't think I've ever heard Rachel say bitch. And then the last thing is that Billie Eilish, Gen Z, Singer-songwriter Extraordinaire was seen leaving a party holding hands with Devin Lee Carlson. And if you don't know who Devin Lee Carlson is, Devin Lee Carlson is, oh, I'll link in the show notes actually. I wrote about who Devin Lee Carlson is, so I'll link that. But I'll also tell you, she is a influencer, model, and entrepreneur, I guess. So her and her mom and sister own a phone case brand that I actually use called Wildflower Cases. And it's really popular, like all the L.A. girlies use it, and she's kind of like an L.A. on the scene it girl. I feel like she's kind of like the Julia Fox of L.A., if that makes sense. Everyone just likes her, she's just everywhere, she's cool, she has good style, but she's also just like a person, you know, like you might see her around. Anyways... (laughs) She dated Jesse Rutherford of the neighborhood forever. Like Devin and Jesse, they had like a Marc Jacobs collab. They were like, you know, the internet's it couple in certain circles. They broke up. It didn't seem like it was like an amicable breakup. I think I heard rumors that he cheated on her. And then Jesse starts dating Billie Eilish. And everyone's like, this is weird. Like, He's so much older than you. Why is he dating you? Like, And Billie Eilish was like not having any of it. In fact, last Halloween, I'm pretty sure they went to a party and she was dressed as a baby. Like, ew, gross. And she's known him since she was like 14 and he's been an adult man the whole time. So everyone was like, this is icky. They finally broke up. And so for her and Devin, for Devin to like not be like, ew, this is like the girl who thought she was going to be me because she dated my ex. For her to be like nice to her and like, I know this is going to sound like dumb, but so many girls look up to Devin and I think them seeing Devin walk out of that party with Billy was like it was a little like echo of Taylor Swift and Sophie Turner getting dinner and being friends like this idea of like just because we've been screwed over by the same man doesn't mean we are now suddenly like enemies and that's our that's our story chosen for us by this man. It's like, no, we're going to meet. We're going to compare notes and we'll come to our own conclusions about how we feel about each other in the situation. It's just so powerful. And I saw that and I was like, so many girls look up to both of these. So many like young Gen Z girls look up to both of these girls that this like picture as a girl who grew up in the Nicole versus Paris, Paris's boyfriend calling Lindsay a fire crotch era, This was healing for my little millennial soul. And then the last thing I'll talk about, and then I got to bounce because I'm sick of hearing my own voice, is I watched a movie called Death Becomes Her. And this is like a famous movie. This is something everyone's seen but me. No one was like, I don't know what you're talking about when I brought it up. Um, But I only heard about this movie really recently on TikTok, actually. You know how TikTok sometimes like shows you movies and stuff. This is one of the ones they showed me. And the premise is Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn are frenemies. And Meryl Streep is an actress. Goldie Hawn is a writer. And like the first scene, Goldie Hawn is with her fiancé, Ernest. And they're going to meet Meryl, Goldie Hawn's fiancé, Bruce Willis, by the way. I'm just going to use their actor name. It's too hard to do characters. So Bruce Willis. So... Goldie Hawn introduces her fiancé, Bruce Willis, to Meryl Streep, and he's instantly enraptured by her. Meryl Streep steals him away. They get married. And Goldie Hawn basically decides she needs to get her revenge. A magic potion enters the chat. I don't want to give too much away, despite the fact that this is an old movie that everybody's seen, but, like, you should just watch it, like... It's very low stakes in terms of like, there's not a lot to like, you got to pay attention. Like put it on while you're folding your laundry. Trust me, you'll love it. You'll be enthralled. An hour and 45 minutes. Great. Like the, um, what do they call it? Great pacing, funny, great outfits, vibes. Isabella Rossellini's in it. It's about LA and our obsession with beauty and wellness It's just a really good movie and it was ahead of its time. I like looked at one of my favorite things when I find something like this from the past that I love is like to look back at how it was received and the reception of it. Okay, now I'm going to talk about spoilers actually because there's something about this movie that I wanted to discuss. But basically, and this could be my Gaylor Swift addled brain. So please, if I'm like way out on left field, let me know. But one of the things I loved about this movie, so the big twist in this movie is Meryl Streep is obsessed with looking young, right? And so she goes to this magic witch doctor who gives her a potion that'll keep her young forever. When did it end? All the enjoyment. Meanwhile, and it's part of her revenge for stealing her husband. Goldie Hahn is plotting with the husband, who's now miserable and hates being married to Meryl. She's plotting to kill Meryl, and um, like as her revenge for Meryl stealing the fiance he kills her but because she's taken this potion to keep her young forever she doesn't die and so she's like a corpse when she's alive and yada 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 madness ensues both goldie and Merrill end up as undead corset undead corpses destined to live the rest of their lives out together and they like got over their frenemy beef and like turns out that like goldie used to bully meryl and meryl was jealous of her and that's why she stole her boyfriend so they worked it out and it's kind of like a love story between the two women and the last scene is them like in their quote-unquote old age because like obviously they're like you know already dead so they're not aging like humans but they're like you know it's been 37 years and they're bickering like an old married couple and for me, the subtext of this is like, this is giving these two are in love the whole time. Like, I don't know. Anytime there's a girl consistently stealing her bestie friend's boyfriends, to me, that's just a sign that you love bestie friend <laughs> and you want to kiss her, but you can't. So you're going to kiss someone who's kissed her. Like, I have never, ever, ever, found any like the minute a guy is dating one of my friends he's like a brother to me like it's just like something something happens where you're just like there are no longer a sexual being in any way shape or form so even that's just like weird to me that you would even go there with like your girlfriend's boyfriend (laughs) and then two for it to happen consistently like a pattern that's pathological if every time your friend knows you like a guy she goes after him and and also i'm pretty sure that's the plot of jennifer's body which i haven't seen but in the podcast listening 22 where they were discussing it they were saying that that that's part of how they knew that jennifer was in love with amanda seyfried because she was always killing the boys she was always stealing her boyfriends or killing them or whatever they actually did get to live happily ever after although i did watch a video where goldie Hahn was talking about an alternate ending and i think the alternate ending is a little more about the meaning of life versus beauty and youth but i also see why they couldn't push it that far because you know overton window and People weren't ready for that conversation yet. But I think they're ready now. And actually, my roommate Victoria sent me that they were remaking Death Becomes Her as a musical. To be honest, I won't be watching. Um, this makes sense to me, though, because apparently the apparently the drag community really loves Death Becomes Her. And it makes sense when you, like, watch the movie and look at all the costuming and all of that. But I think that the most interesting parts of this film were kind of lost on culture at the time. So I'm hoping we do a revisiting because I think it could be really interesting. That's all for today. Follow me at Virgo like Beyonce on TikTok at Megan's podcast on Instagram. If you want to follow what I'm reading, you can go to at the manicured shelf on Instagram and I will talk to you soon and hopefully in one week. Bye.